This episode is brought to you by State Farm. From your morning podcast to your afternoon playlist, State Farm knows you personalize your entire day. And that's why State Farm helps you personalize your insurance with the State Farm Personal Price Plan. It offers coverage options that help protect what you care about most at an affordable price just for you. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices vary by state. Options selected by customer. Availability and eligibility may vary. Welcome back. As uh, we continue here, the second hour of what has been a pretty eventful uh, program already. It's been a couple of weeks since we've had a chance to talk to Michael Bratton from that SEC podcast. Michael, first of all, Happy New Year. Great to talk to you. And uh, I haven't heard from you in a while, so I hope you're doing okay. Yeah, doing great, Paul. Appreciate uh, you having me on as always. And a lot's changed here in just the last week yeah, or so. Yeah, uh, that decaying dynasty uh, has decided <laughs> to move on uh, and uh, new coach in town. Just your thoughts on really the last couple of weeks at Alabama in particular. Right, and I know I've been leading the bandwagon, like you said, to paying dynasty and all that, but uh, really caught me off guard that Nick Saban retired when he did, the fashion that he did. No shame in losing in overtime on the last play in the Rose Bowl to the eventual national champions, but given everything Alabama's got coming back, I thought he would have given it at least one more season because I probably would have projected Alabama as the favorite to win it all next season, so fascinating just how that all went down and um, you know I like to joke on my show recently that if you were an Alabama fan that went off the grid for a couple days man you came back to uh, Kayla DeBoer's your coach within 48 hours just it it just seemed like it all happened so fast that uh, it's still I'm still a little numb to it well let's go I mean Saban we know uh, we don't need to dig too deep into him he's a retired ex-coach about to go into TV uh, but what about Kalen DeBoer? What are your thoughts on him? I mean, I thought uh, this was as good as Alabama could possibly do, given the circumstances. And I know people made it out that, you know, five, six coaches, what have you, turned them down. I, I don't believe that, Paul. In a 48-hour window, they were able to turn around and, and hire Kalen DeBoer. I think uh, the, the sky's the limit. And I think with DeBoer's coaching, with the team he's inheriting, I know they've lost a couple pieces since Nick Saban retired, but I would put Alabama and Georgia, I mean, as a heavy favorites to win the national championship with this combination of coaching and talent. And if you're selling stock on Alabama right now, I, I'm telling everybody to buy it right now. I, th- I think Alabama's a team to watch next year, which shouldn't be a surprise, but, th- but this, is, this is not going anywhere. Alabama's going to be incredible next year. Well, let's talk a little bit more about uh, the SEC because uh, I know we get accused of being a little bit Alabama-centric, but that's understandable under under the circumstances. But uh, what about Georgia? I mean, it, it, only Georgia could uh, lose one game in a couple of years, and it just seems like the season was a disaster. Right. Well, thankfully for uh, Kirby, he doesn't have to go through Saban anymore, right? So. Uh, speaking of that game, that will be the first SEC game for both of those teams. How about this stat, Paul? I believe Mike Griffith, you know, he just referenced it. Uh, but Alabama currently an underdog in that game. DeBoer's first SEC game, an underdog. Yet Nick Saban, in his last 208 games at Alabama, he's only an underdog five times. So maybe this is a new world we're getting into under Kalen DeBoer. But uh, Georgia, like I said, it, it'll be Georgia and Alabama again, heavy favorites to win not only the SEC, but the national championship. Georgia's not going anywhere either, but that's the beauty of the new system, Paul. I mean, that game 
Yeah, normally that'd be an elimination game potentially for Georgia or Alabama. It's not next year. So it's still going to be a fascinating game, but uh, it's going to tell us a lot about Kalen DeBoer and, and how quickly he can get Alabama going. The aforementioned Griff talked about Texas being the team to watch out for. Uh, you hear a lot about Texas. It seems like Ole Miss is now, is this year's LSU from last year, uh, the fashionable pick. Uh, what do you make out of those two? Yeah, I mean, Texas did what always, Texas always does, right? They disappoint when the moments are brightest, losing to the uh, aforementioned Caleb Board in the playoff, heavy favorites in that game, I should mention. So I, I don't think Texas is going to come into this league and dominate it like they think they are. I think they're in for a rude awakening. That's not to say they're, they're going to be awful or anything, but I don't even know if they'll make the playoff next year just given the week-in, week-out grind that they have in the SEC. Uh, but I, I am buying Ole Miss, Paul. I mean, I went from Ole Miss should be a playoff contender to Ole Miss should be a national championship contender next season under Lane Kiffin. And if he does, if he's Lane Whiffin again, like I like to call him, they can't win any big games next year. They only have about three on the schedule. If they win just one of them, they're probably getting in at ten and two, and they should compete for a national championship. If if they don't, if they don't make the playoff, I, I think Kiffin's going to face some very tough questions in Oxford. Well, we'll get to some others who may be facing tough questions in a minute. Uh, Brian Kelly won the bowl game, barely uh, survived the season. It, it was up and down, but they, they won 10 games, which was certainly uh, good. Uh, Tennessee, it just seemed like underperformed. What about those two? Uh, yeah, again, I mean, two programs here that probably benefit the most, perhaps, from Nick Saban retiring. We don't have to go through... Uh, you know, the, just a nightmare that that is Nick Saban and his dominance there in Tuscaloosa. I, I think LSU certainly had a crossroads under Brian Kelly year three. This is a, a year they've been pointing to for a while, and I didn't have much confidence in them, Paul, to, to next season, given everything they're losing on offense, that they could take a jump. But that was before they hired Blake Baker, defensive coordinator from Missouri, Bo Davis, defensive line coach from Texas, arguably the best defensive line coach in the country and, and now peoples the defensive line coach from missouri they've even hired so complete 180 i would anticipate from lsu's defense these are the moves you had to, to make and credit brian kelly for he won 20 games ball in his first two years yet he's blown up his defensive staff as he should have i think a lot of coaches would have thought you know what i'm doing is working i don't have to listen to anybody but credit brian kelly for making the moves that had to be made and tennessee i mean you know me, Paul, I'm always high on Tennessee. I, I loved what I saw from Nico in the bowl game. I think if they can get an upgrade at the quarterback position, which I, I think they will have next year, and all they've got coming back on both lines of scrimmage, I think Tennessee should be a playoff contender next season too. That's a lot of playoff contenders. We have not mentioned Missouri, which uh, was very uh, strong at the end of the season. Where are you on them? Yeah, and I, I hate to keep bringing up the same point, Paul, but I mean, I think the if you look at Missouri's schedule, I thought the toughest one, I believe it's at Alabama. Not to say that's not a difficult game anymore, but without Nick Saban, we just don't know. They'll still be underdogs at that game, but uh, Missouri's schedule lines up very favorably to another 10-win season, possibly, as wild as it sounds, Paul, maybe even 11 wins given this slate that they have. Uh, expectations should be sky high. Uh, losing the de defensive coordinator, Blake Baker, that's a tough blow. We'll see who they hire on the defense. Uh, he, he did a wonderful job his two years there in Columbia, but this is another borderline playoff team. And I, I think you've already alluded to it, Paul. I mean, I think it's playoff or, or bust for a lot of teams 
across the SEC, and I think that's just the way it's going to be in the 12-team format, which means we're going to get a lot of upset fans that, uh, that think their team belongs in the, in the field when they don't make it. Michael Braden with us. A little bit of breaking news happening as we speak. Ohio State has officially named Ross Bjork as its next athletic director. He was at Texas A&M, formerly at Ole Miss. Uh, he was at Ole Miss during the Hugh Freeze debacle. He was uh, at A&M where he gave Jimbo Fisher that big extension. Uh, I'll, mo I'll, I'll move on to a couple of other programs here before we go, Michael. I want to get uh, your take on Arkansas, first of all. That's a program that made a lot of news in the offseason with Bobby Petrino, but it doesn't scrape away the disaster of a season that uh, Sam Pittman put on the board. Right. You're not going to hear me mention a playoff with the Razorbacks right now, but I w would say just quickly on A&M, you got rid of Jimbo, you got rid of Ross Bjork. Uh, it's a great day to be an Aggie in my opinion, but uh, yeah, Sam Pittman and company, mm, I mean, two seasons of disappointment in a row. I've never in my life, Paul, seen a, a coach made a coordinator change like Bobby Petrino and seemingly win back the vast majority of the fan base. Bobby Petrino is just simply beloved there in Fayetteville. So Hopefully that's, uh, you know, cause for, for joy and maybe a, a season of turnaround and where they can exceed expectations, which would be the first time since uh, their nine-win campaign three seasons ago. I just, right now, I, I just don't have a lot of faith in Arkansas, unfortunately. Uh, Hugh Freeze did a great job of winning the press conference a year ago. He, he won the <laughs> offseason. He's even uh, done very well in recruiting. But if you go back to, what, his last three games, losing to uh, New Mexico State, Lowing the Alabama game. We all know about that. And just, I don't know if you can tank a, a, a bowl game any more than he did against Maryland uh, and, then, and then say afterwards, well, you know, I really didn't spend much time on the game. I was too busy recruiting. And, and then uh, really still not sure what's happening in the offseason. Two of his top assistants gone. No explanation why. Uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll defer to you for the rest of the conversation here. What about it? Yeah, leave it to Auburn, Paul. I mean, Alabama, greatest coach of all time, retires, yet it's Auburn that's in dismay, that's in turmoil, and that's just pathetic. I mean, they should be that, – that should be a sign of joy that they were rolling tumors quarter. It should have been, uh, you know, the offseason of hype on the plains. But here we are, Hugh Freeze, season play-calling duties once again. Defensive coordinator, like you said, took a demotion to go work for a dead man walking Billy Napier down there in Gainesville. Uh, th this is just awful. And, and I don't, I'm trying to figure out what is, you know, why is Hugh Freeze getting all this hype? All he is is Gus Malzahn with baggage. He's never won anything big. He's got a losing career SEC record. There's, that's, there's no vacated games in that mention. Yes, he's beat Nick Saban twice. He's also lost to Vanderbilt twice, lost to New Mexico State, and not only lost, but lost in a, just a horrific fashion. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to figure out why anyone would be excited on the planes right now. Well, Michael, you've left me no choice but to ask you about Billy Napier. Uh, I mean, whatever I said about Hugh Freeze, you can quadruple it for Billy Napier. What's going on down there? Right. It, uh, you know, Lane Kiffin, if he has a big year in Oxford, who knows? He may be in Gainesville uh, this time next year because, uh, you know, Jed Fish, the Arizona coach, took the Washington job. A lot of Florida fans were upset. Why are they upset? Because Jed Fish, G8 at Florida, that's who they wanted as their next coach. It's not to say they won't get him, but uh, that's just the current state of the Florida Gators right now, Paul. And I, I, I even looked at the numbers, next season's opponents, 
I looked at every team that, that every SEC team is facing and their combined records from 2023, and Florida's is astronomically higher than any team in the SEC. Toughest slate. We already kind of knew that, but just looking at the numbers, I mean, it, this seems like it's going to be a train wreck waiting to happen. They do got a good quarterback, though, and an outstanding five-star freshman. So there, there is some hope in Gainesville, but uh, losing players in the portal to key rivals, I mean, I, I would be stunned if Florida makes a bowl game next year. Yeah, and that's really the hard part uh, to figure out is really what, what what's a number. Uh, this year we were talking a winning record uh, would maybe do it. But let me let me read you this comment here. You've I know you've seen this. Scott Strickland, who hired uh, Dan Mullen uh, at, at Gainesville, and, of course, he hired Billy Napier. Most people uh, thought maybe LSU should have hired Napier. Nobody thinks that anymore. Uh, in an interview the other day, Strickland said uh, about Billy Napier, I don't care, it doesn't matter. It's, made, it's a made-up term talking about is Billy Napier on the hot seat. He said that has nothing to do or it has nothing to do with reality. I realize he's the man, he's the pitcher of record. I'm not sure what else he could say. Right, because if he says Bailey Napier's a disaster, then that means he's a disaster and he's probably gone too, Paul. So uh, I think he has to back his man. They've, they've kind of painted themselves into a corner. But uh, for, and, and I don't necessarily blame Scott Strickland for this, Paul, but Florida has always had a historically uh, awful non-conference slate outside of the uh, obviously the Florida State game. But they have unfortunately ramped that up at the wrong time, the, the worst I've seen Florida in, in decades. Yet the non-conference is, is more brutal than it's ever been. Now getting into uh, obviously a much more difficult SEC. I mean, if they win five games, we may have to give Billy Napier coach of the year as he's getting fired. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Bratton, we have not – Seen him a long time. I missed that. What, what, a, what, a, what, a, what a reunion. It feels so good. Hey, Michael, thank you very much. Great to see you. Uh, we'll see you soon. Michael Bratton joining us from that SEC podcast. We need a break after uh, our last two guests. Your phone call next.